Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Town Talk. We're coming from you from WSIC, the Real Talk Studio, nestled on the banks of beautiful Lake Norman, streaming worldwide from Budapest, Hungary, to Holly Hill, South Carolina. I'm your host, Bill Russell, president of Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, the largest chamber of commerce in the greater Charlotte region. This is a program where we discuss topics that are impacting your family, your business, your friends, from your business and your neighborhood, from mine to yours. My guests today are Huntersville Mayor Melinda Bales, Lake Norman Economic Development Director, Executive Director Ryan McDaniels, and Andrew Webb, the founding and managing partner for Redline Property Partners. But before we actually get started, Bill Blakely, our producer in there, Bill, uh, I lost the hitting challenge to the owner of the studio, Justin Kazepis, last week. He he went out there after saying he didn't care anything about baseball and then just p- proceeded to rip the cover off those balls. Did you check his bat? Because <laughs> <laughs> think it might, might, might have been corked. You think there was some cork in that bat? Yeah, absolutely. He looked a little too focused that morning. You know what really annoyed me, and I was telling him, is the fact that he didn't look like he was really paying attention and a ball would come out, and then he lined up and just smacked it. And then he had the gall to ask Ty, load the fastest thing you have. And uh, Ty said, well, I can, I can load them at 92 miles per hour. He said, send them my way. He probably turned on at least three of those balls at 92 miles per hour. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I, that, that part I have trouble believing. Well, it looks like on the 14th of November, Melinda, I'm going to be washing dishes. Well, we'll be there to join you. Yes, you are. I heard yeah. that. I heard the staff of WSIC is also coming out, but we're going to the community kitchen, and uh, we're going to be washing dishes, Andrew. Uh, that was the challenge I had. The, the backstory of that is I'm sitting here preparing for a show, and I hear, I hear Justin out there talking about how baseball is boring. And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. He said, oh, yeah, you could just sit out there and enjoy a snow cone in the outfield. I mean, nothing happens. I couldn't believe that. So I go out there and said, you didn't really just say that. And uh, he absolutely said, I, I, yes. I, so I challenged him to a hitting contest. <laughs> you, you a baseball fan? I am. I am. Who? Yeah. Well, I grew up in Charlotte, so you you really have to root for the Braves if you want to have a professional team to root for. That's right. That's right. Well, my father, though, I, I grew up uh, being a Yankees fan because Daddy was a Yankees fan from South Carolina, but uh, he, he chose the Yankees. And again, uh, I used to ask him, uh, you know, because he loved the 61 Yankees with Mantle and yeah. Bobby Richardson and that. Uh, and my parents are from New York. My dad bet on baseball one time and it was the Mets and they oh, won. God. So he's a Mets fan. <laughs> <laughs> Melinda? Oh, Atlanta Braves. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, a, and I'm, I'm a Braves fan, too. I do pull for the Braves as well. They're, they're doing quite well this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah they do. are. Ryan? Cubs. Um, I grew up a WGN baby, so watching the Cubs during the summer when I was off from school. And my favorite player was Ryan Sandberg growing up. So um, strange. A lot of people ask, how are you a Cubs fan in North Carolina? But um, they were eliminated by the Braves this year, so uh, I'm still pulling for the Braves. Yeah, yeah. And, secondary. and Bill, you in there? You're in there on the producing. Uh, what, who's your team? My Baltimore Orioles, baby. Oh, there you go. The Baltimore it's been a long Orioles. road. So happy. Well, we want to thank the folks at D-Bat Batting Facility in Huntersville. If you've never been there, if you've, if you've got, uh, if, if you're looking to go out and practice yourself or you're looking to have one of your kids get involved in pitching or hitting, you can't do better than the D-Bat Batting Facility and the coaches down there that, that actually work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, tremendous facility. In your station, and we're going to be talking about Commerce Station, we're going to be talking about your, your business park in just a minute. But in the meantime, before we get to that, uh, and again, if anybody wants to call in, 844-STUDIO-4, 844-STUDIO-4. Melinda Bales, uh, we had an event last night in Huntersville, National Night Out. And for people who might be unfamiliar with National Night Out, what is that? National Night Out is an an evening where our public safety um, department comes out and just really lays out a beautiful opportunity for kids to come hang out, family events. I'll tell you what, they had so many of those um, blow-up machines, right, that I kept going, well, where are all the kids? Well, but all you could see were the sea of shoes because they were just all piled up in there. It was a great time. They, they even did a, a donut eating contest um, with police officers, so that when kids, so that was a great time too to watch. And that was at the athletic park, right? That was yeah, that was at the athletic park right there behind uh, the Huntersville Recreation Center. I know Davidson also had their national night out. Um, Cornelius had theirs a couple of months ago, but uh, that's when a lot of them across the country had it. But it was fairly hot, and with the police officers wearing some of the equipment, they say <laughs> we're going to do it a bit later. Yeah. Do you ever get out to any of the national nights out? 
Um, gosh, I think when our sons were younger, we went to a couple of them. It's a great event, especially for the community to interact with the police officers and go to bounce houses and a donut eating contest. Can't beat that. <laughs> Lots of food trucks, yes, too. Yes. Andrew, are you familiar with the event? I am. I've only heard wonderful things about it. I haven't had the uh, pleasure of attending it yet, but I'm looking forward to next year somebody with three very young kids who doesn't miss an opportunity to see a bounce house when there's <laughs> I, one there. I know you're a Charlotte resident. How long have yeah. you lived in Charlotte? Yeah, so I grew up in Charlotte, moved away to Minneapolis, actually, in 2004, uh, Atlanta 2014, back to Charlotte in 2020. Uh, so you missed the 2016 riots that were occurring, the protests occurring in Charlotte. I did. I did. Yeah, we we uh, we still have a pretty big Minneapolis presence as a company. So we had uh, the unfortunate experience of uh, seeing them and occur there. Well, I, I've always thought, you know, and I remember the 20s being uh, watching on YouTube and seeing some of the live footage uh, on, on Facebook, actually, and seeing some of the confrontations between the the protesters and the police over the Keith Scott shooting. Um, and I was kind of blown away with, with that taking place. But I, I've always felt the reason we didn't see that in, in Cornelius and Davidson and Huntersville is because of events like National Light Out, where you get the police and you get the fire and they engage with the citizens, they engage with the families. Um, and I think with what they do, the Ada Jenkins Center, the Unity and Community Group, I think that's why we don't see that kind of confrontation in in our part of the world well and i think too all of our the three police departments and the public safety departments really do um community policing and they're in our schools and they're they're talking with kids and, and in the neighborhoods and and having conversations and showing up um and helping out right and so i think that it builds community and i think i would agree with you that um, um when you are part of the community and you're building an opportunity to, um, for no reason at all other than maybe to give a helping hand, I think that it bodes well. It builds trust. Melinda, you're you're not running again uh, in this particular for this particular office. So we have uh, three individuals that are lining up to to run for mayor. Sixteen people running for town board. We uh, we're going to be scheduling candidate forums on Tuesday the seventeenth and Tuesday the nineteenth because we can't. We really can't. We can't have 19 candidates really uh, being asked questions and give them any due time. So we had to have two separate uh, forums. Um, what do you think the interest is by people who who want to engage and get involved as as candidates in Huntersville? Why 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 is this happening now? Well, uh, you know, I think that Huntersville is an incredible place to live, a critical place to work, and I, I think you've got a lot of folks that are just genuinely interested in our community, but in the direction that we're going. Um, and I, I have to say, I'm very grateful that the Lake Norman Chamber is hosting these forums because it's the only public forums um, that our, our citizens are going to have an opportunity to tap into and ask questions. And this election, it's critical. It really is. If you think about it, um, the majority, the 40, the majority of the board will change. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about a little bit more about the forums in particular when we come back from the break. Uh, for those of you who are streaming with us, we're going to stay, talk about some of the Chamber of Commerce activities. But uh, we'll be right back on Town Talk on WSIC. Come back and join us. Um, one of the programs that we do... Um, is Junior Leadership Lake Norman, and we're actually kicking that off tomorrow with a retreat. By the way, I, are you going to, I didn't even ask you, are you available in the morning to, to say anything? Uh, kind of late notice now. What time in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> we, this, this is the first time I, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. We're kicking them off at uh, 8.30 in the morning. Uh, we've got 15 young people going through the program from various schools. Um, about, now, we'll, we'll have you come back and give them the the talk at the end of the year, but uh, it's a program, uh, Andrew, where we have uh, high school juniors, eight, uh, ages 16 or, or so, from uh, probably five or six different schools in our area, 
and uh, they've been they're going through this program. It's, it's like any other leadership program that lasts about eight months, and they'll they'll uh, have healthcare day and visit uh, Atrium and Novant. They'll go to uh, uh, economic development. Usually, I have Ryan that'll come speak to them about uh, how we re- recruit primary jobs to the area. They'll. Uh, They'll might tour a South Wire yeah. or or something along those lines and and see what they do. Polytech was where we mm-hmm. went last time, um, but it's it's a tremendous program for these high school juniors. But the the thing they always point to is they they the the helicopter that comes from Atrium and Novant. They really they really enjoy yeah. the helicopter. But what 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 aspect do you think is most important through our our junior leadership Lake Norman that we do? Uh, you've been involved with it for yeah, a while. I think the junior leadership Lake Norman program really does give those those students an opportunity to see their their communities in a completely different light. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know I always have conversations with students about what do you want to do when you when you graduate? What kind of work are you looking for? And, and with all the tours that yeah. we do and and um, but I, I will say, I think that it's it's building the bridges so that they see what's in their hometowns. Mm-hmm. So ho- the hope would be as they've, you know, continue on to their post-secondary education and wrap that up, that they'll they'll look to come home. That they'll want to be in their hometowns. This is the twelfth year of our junior leadership, Lake Norman. We've also we have an adult program, and we kicked that off just a couple of weeks ago. For those who are streaming with us, we're going back live in about ten seconds. So stay with us on Town Talk on WSIC. Welcome back to Town Talk. My guest today is Huntersville Mayor Melinda Bales, Lake Norman Economic Development Executive Director Ryan McDaniels, and I also have Andrew Webb, Founding and Managing Partner for Redline Property Partners. Right before we went to the break, we were talking about the candidate forums. Again, uh, in Huntersville, it's going to be the 17th and 19th. Uh, we're partnering with WSIC, so uh, we're going to have Justin Kazepis, who is the owner of this station. He is going to be our moderator. But a lot of people have asked, is this going to be streamed? Is it, can I watch this uh, virtually? Yes. Uh, we will have this on WSIC's uh, page on their on their website, but also their Facebook page, also on YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn. Twitter, by the way, is X now. So, but I'm, I'm having a hard time trying to get my hands around that. Yeah, me too. Still yeah. Twitter. You know, are you are you tweeting? Are you Xing? Yeah, or what do you, what exactly are you doing? Um, but we're turning around on the 12th and having the Cornelius Forum. We'll have one forum for Cornelius. They have two people running for mayor and 10 people running for town board, so we'll have that forum. Uh, we have the Expo coming up uh, next Tuesday, so October the 10th is going to be the Chamber's Business Expo, which will take place at the Huntersville Recreation Center. Ryan, I don't know if you even know this. Um, I was searching for a facility. We didn't know where we were going to go. We we didn't look like we were going to be able to get the Belk Arena uh, back in 2018. And Melinda said, we've just built a recreation center. Why not use oh, it's that? it's a beautiful facility. Absolutely. It absolutely has, has uh, they've done a marvelous job accommodating us. People can park over the, uh, at the athletic park. Or the, at the, is it athletic park? or it, That's okay, the athletic yep. park. And CPCC, so we can share that parking. We have 127 exhibitors. And, and nonprofits is going to be there 11 o'clock to 5 o'clock next Tuesday the 10th. So I encourage you to come out. The admission is free and the public is invited. So encourage everybody to be there. Um, I want to turn my attention now to, to a little bit about Redline uh, Partners. And I want to ask you uh, the North, the uh, Burkdale Point. Uh, you've recently acquired that. Mm-hmm. What what was the strategy behind that? And, and welcome, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. So yeah, as an organization, Redline, we're a real estate owner, operator, developer, and we seek out specifically underperforming properties with the idea of turning them around. Mm-hmm. And so from the Charlotte metro area where we're headquartered, we focus throughout the Carolinas. And what we saw with what we now call Burkdale Point, an incredibly great piece of real estate attached to a one-of-one amenity in Burkdale Village, immediately off I-77, 33 acres of land, and not bad, but original. It's 20 years old, 23 years old, no amenities, red brick building, 
Yeah, I don't know that it was that attractive the first time it was built. It didn't get more attractive after 20 years, but just a great real estate in an incredibly good community. And we saw the opportunity to have a positive impact for the real estate, for the tenants, for the community by what we would call reimagining it and transforming it into a space that better suits today's needs of office using tenants, uh, as well as taking the excess undeveloped land and developing it into a meaningful amenity for the community. And Andrew, you, you, you and I have talked about some of the plans you have for, for Burkdale Point. Can you yeah. share any of those? Yeah, would love to. In for permit right now and uh, hopefully getting issued and starting the work uh, within a couple of weeks or within a month. And so um, some cosmetic and some based on better use of the space. Uh, if you think about why you go to the office these days, I think you think about it a little differently than you did pre-COVID. And we want the, the real estate to speak to those different needs. But from a cosmetic perspective, we've already renamed it Burkdale Point. We are transforming it into something that looks like it fits in more with the neighborhood. So repainting everything white, uh, for example, redoing all the landscaping, the signage for better wayfinding, better identification for all the tenants. Um, on the interior, redoing all of the flooring, the ceiling, the uh, wall covering, the restrooms, the lights, everything. So from a cosmetic perspective, we want it to feel not more modern than it should, but really feel current uh, from finishes and still keep that conservatism that it's always enjoyed. What, about what size space is, you know, is your ideal tenant? Yeah, you know, it's interesting in in this general market, m meaning the whole metro area, uh, it's really a lot of smaller tenants that make up the majority of the market. Smaller meaning 1,500 to 10,000 square feet, not 50, 100, 200,000 square foot tenants. And when we look for real estate, we look for mo more boutique feeling real estate that can really accommodate a larger tenant if need be, but they cater to smaller tenants. And so we think most of the tenancy that we're going to see is in that more local business, smaller footprint size, thousand to seven or 10,000 square feet. Uh, and some of the other improvements that we're doing on the amenity side, we think really speak to the way those type of tenants use space. So all well three different outdoor patio areas at the buildings all with wi-fi lights electricity really to be a third workspace for companies inside the building we're building a big tenant amenity center it's a lounge billiards room big bar area every tenant will have their own liquor locker uh, fitness studio with shower facility, Peloton studios, wow. uh, grab and go market, meeting space. W you know, we when we think about office space today, um, you don't need to go to sit at your desk and answer emails. You go to collaborate and mentor, mm -hmm. and it, you know, the, your office space is the physical manifestation of your corporate culture. And we like to provide space that can be utilized not just inside your leased mm -hmm. four walls, but throughout the whole property. And its proximity to Burkdale um, makes it uh, unmatched. Huge, yeah. Unmatched. We are physically connected to Burkdale with a footbridge, which we're also updating. That same footbridge connects you to the Greenway, which is why we're building shower facilities as well. <laughs> so a person can do a walk or run or bike on the Greenway during lunch or, or morning. Um, but the connectivity to Burkdale Village immediately off I-77, um, it, it's just a overall amenity that won't move, won't change, won't. And, and so just being the only office project connected to that is incredible, we think. A lot of collaboration between uh, your organization and North American Properties? Uh, a bit, yeah. You know, we, we they have a, a heavier retail focus mm -hmm. than what we do. And so we want to, it, it, it's more for us about partnering with the tenants inside Burkdale Village than actually North American Properties, who is great. We love Tim. We love North American. They're doing a great job. We, we hope they continue to be as successful as they are. And we share a, a footbridge connecting us. So we'll always have a special yeah. relationship. Uh, but what we really like is make sure that the tenants of their property and the tenants of our property are, uh, we're facilitating the best community that we can between them so that everyone can have an enjoyable experience between the entire area. You know, Andrew, you, you talked about your, your firm specializes in underperforming properties, and I didn't think of that area as being underperforming. And then you shared you know, a little bit of the vacancy that you could feel and yeah. you've been bringing some people on. Yeah, that's right. You know, historically, it hasn't really been an underperforming property, but uh, there's a large tenant uh, that, that gave some space back, which created a bit 
bit of vacancy that the property has historically not had. And we thought, well, this is a perfect time to buy it, to renovate it, and to lease it back up. And the, the interest has been pretty incredible. We haven't even started the renovation yet, and we've signed three new letter of intents, already signed new leases, renewing tenants, uh, expanding tenants. It, it's been a really wonderful to see the early reaction to what we're planning to do uh, and expect that to just continue to gain momentum as we actually are able to complete the work. And if somebody were interested in the property, they can go... You have a website or anything? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a company called CB Richard Ellis, Joe Franco, Chris Westmoreland are the brokers who lead that effort. They're uh, excellent at what they do and and, uh, wonderful at marketing the property. Uh, We're honored to have uh, Scent Real Estate Capital, uh, who's who's also another great real estate company, as our partner in this project. Uh, And then we we think we're pretty good, too. So there's a lot of great skill set and brain power and thought collaborating to make it a successful project. Ryan, as our economic development director, you've got to be really excited about this, what he's doing over here. Oh, absolutely. And I think um, some of the trends we saw coming out of COVID, um, Andrew just touched on, you have to have that um, live, work, play component. And you're seeing it in the towers uptown. I mean, huge renovations at the former Duke Center that Wells has taken over now. So you're seeing more amenities, you're seeing more all the things that were just alluded to. And that that size range is really strong right now in our market where um, it's very rare, even at the state and regional level, to see 50 to 75 to 100,000 square foot office users at this time. So I think you've really hit a sweet spot in the market. And we're terribly excited. It's going to give us another option for companies looking at our area, but also companies that may grow out of their space and not want to leave. They want to stay here in the Lake Norman community, and this will give them yet another option. Melinda, you've been mayor for the last couple of years, but you've been on the board for, for several terms. What is this your... This would be um, 12 years total, 12, 12. so six six terms, yeah. So that's, this has got to be really exciting to see somebody have this, this company having this interest in Huntersville. Oh, absolutely, and it's something that I've said for quite some time that the that really nice office space is what we need to continue to move um, our community forward economically. I mean, we do great with advanced manufacturing and healthcare, but the office space is something that, that we need. And so greatly appreciated um, that all those great renovations. I can't wait to see them. Andrew, you got the mayor of the town, the economic development uh, director of the Chamber of the Press of Commerce. Anything that we can do to help you with your uh, as you continue to, to grow that, that piece of property there? Well, we like to be great stewards of the communities that we're in, and we like to participate in the communities that we're in. And Huntersville makes it really easy when you have wonderful elected officials and EDC and everyone is is collaborating for the common goal. And when you, when you see a municipality like Huntersville, that is pro-growth, that is pro-resident first. It makes it really easy to make financial decisions to spend more money and to put more efforts into projects. So the continued wonderful collaboration we've had so far is terrific to have. And, and you know, we have a huge interest in Huntersville, Cornelius Davidson continued investment. We, we didn't just parachute in to buy one thing and leave. We're, we're here. We want to be here in a much bigger way, continue investment with our projects, continue to put money into Burkdale and turn it around um, and, and want to be a part of the community for a long time. Mayor Bales, uh, we're going to get into it, but he, he just brought up the word investment. And um, we're going to be asking the citizens to make an investment in our community. And we're, I want to talk about that because we got a, a big bond package coming up. Uh, we're going to be talking about that in the, in the last segment. But uh, and, and, and what is that going to entail? But for those of you who are streaming, stay with us as, as we're on Town Talk. And uh, for those of you who are on the radio, we'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. I'm Bill Russell, your host of Town Talk on WSIC. So you've you've lived uh, in Charlotte for how long? Yeah, you've moved away for a little while. You said. Yeah, yeah. So I relocated, transplant when I was young, five years old from New York with my parents. Grew up, uh, took a job with a Texas-based real estate developer who was supposed to move me to Chicago. And about a week before I left, I was in Minneapolis. And that was supposed to be one year. And 11 years later, I was still in Minneapolis. (laughs) Wonderful city. My wife's from there. Uh, So I moved away in 2004. 
left Minneapolis in 2015 to Atlanta, and then back to Charlotte in 2020. But but I wasn't completely separated from Charlotte, so had investment here during right. that time, parents here, and so always stayed connected to uh, to it. And so you've been able to see the growth of, of North Mecklenburg in particular. It's unbelievable. You know, I made the comment to a friend of mine when we were made the decision to move myself and our company from Atlanta to Charlotte. I made the comment to a friend that I can't really believe that I'm moving back to the city that I grew up in, uh, and, and the response was, "You're not." <laughs> it's it's geographically in the same place, right. but it's a completely different city. And um, I'm a big fan of the way it's growing. It's smart growth. And after having lived in Atlanta for five years, I've experienced not as smart growth. And so the way the, the metro area has grown is really great to see. In our last break, we talked about junior leadership, Lake Norman. We've also launched our adult version, our leadership, Lake Norman. Jamie, yep. uh, on your staff, is, is went through our leadership retreat. What was her perspective on leadership, Lake Norman? Uh, she really enjoyed it. She was able to make new friends, new uh, potential colleagues, new business partners, and um, the the bonding opportunity. Some of the, uh, I guess, team building exercises she really enjoyed. So she came back with a lot of enthusiasm, and she's excited. It's going to be funny on Economic Development Day because she'll either <laughs> presenting or, or hearing from me. So she may skip that one, but um, it's very exciting, and um, it's a great program. We're excited she's involved with it. Um, We've also got our golf tournament coming up on October the 30th. It's going to be at North Stone. You, have you called in your four people yet? You got it? Yeah, I'm working. I have two right now. I need the other. So if you're out there and you're a good player, give me a call. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you prefaced it. Well, we, we won. Uh, gosh, what how, was it 2014 or 2015? We won the golf tournament. So um, I need a couple of ringers to help me out. <laughs> and Andrew's going to have a team. But I think, Andrew, you're not going to be there. You've got somewhere you're going to be, right? Yeah, unfortunately, I won't be here, except that one of, uh, one of my team members used to play professionally oh, so uh, no. I think we're gonna stack the team and see what we can do for our first uh, first time out in the tournament well we're looking forward to having you another event that we're having coming up October 19th is our public safety luncheon uh, that too is going to be at Northstone Country Club Andrew that's uh, an event where we recognize and we've been doing it since 2003 but we recognize the outstanding police officer Firemen, and also the Crime Stopper of the Year from each of our three North Mecklenburg communities of Cornelius, Davis, and Huntersville, um, and our Crime Stopper of the Year. So that's that's, that's going to be a great program. Uh, tickets are available via the website. For those of you who are streaming, we're fixing to go back in live on the radio in about 10 seconds, and uh, we'll be joining uh, our, the rest of the radio listeners. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us on Town Talk. I'm Bill Russell, your host. My guests today are Huntersville Mayor Melinda Bales. We also have Ryan McDaniels. He's the executive director of our EDC. And we have Andrew Webb, the founding partner of Redline Property Partners. Um, I want to turn it back over to you, Ryan. Uh, in, in 2000, and, and I think it was 2002, the chamber approached the towns about creating an economic development corporation. Uh, and uh, so it was a private partnership, uh, private-public partnership between the towns and the chamber. And uh, we brought on Mark Heath, who did a really good job of kind of pulling them together. And, and, and uh, I think that's the year, I think it was under Mark's leadership, we launched Commerce Station, I think. Uh, Jerry Broadway was the next executive director and continued to raise the bar. But I've got to tell you, you've you've been on board for what ten years or so. Yeah, started in twenty thirteen. I still feel new. <laughs> ten years, and in the course of that time, the successes and the corporations, and particularly international corporations that we've landed, um, and and not just in Huntersville, uh, MSC and Davidson. Um, uh, again, Southwire and Huntersville. Talk about some of the, the the corporations that you've brought here over the course of your decade. Yeah, it's been really exciting. I think we, we've hit the market at a good time, um, and we've had support from all the elected officials and leadership in all three towns. They're, um, they're planning correctly. They're, they're taking the right steps to uh, attract quality growth, and I think we've benefited from as the Charlotte market has evolved and matured, we're seeing the development community um, reach out. And you know, when I started in 2013, we had zero spec industrial space, um, which in a market of this size is very surprising. And now we're around five to six million square feet, either in the ground, under construction, or in place. So a uh, big game changer for us. Um, but we've also been really successful with the international firms as well. And uh, one big driver is access to the, to the airport. Um, we're 20 to 25 minutes from the airport, especially on the southern edge of Huntersville, where a lot of the companies have located. So um, it's 
our workforce meshes really well with the international clients, our quality of life, the amenities nearby really have a nice um, attractiveness to an international client. And success is bred success. One of the nice things we can do is if we have a German company in town, we'll bring them to speak with a German company that's already in place and they can speak their native tongue and have that discussion. And we're paid to sell the community. Um, but if you have one of your companies making that pitch for you, it's so much more valuable. You know, Andrew, prior to 2000, all of the economic development from North Mecklenburg was done by the Charlotte Chamber of Commerce. Now, mm-hmm. now it's not the Charlotte Chamber of Commerce, it's the Charlotte Regional Business Alliance. But I remember approaching Terry Arell, who was the group vice president for economic development at the time, and saying that all, all of the new corporations and businesses seem to be going to South Mecklenburg down in the Arrowwood area. Uh, how, how come we never get any of that? And, and his response was, you don't have the product. And I was going like, well, who develops the products? You know, because I, again, I didn't. And, and he said, that's up to y'all. And so that's that's one of the reasons that we we brought in um, and created the EDC. Talk about the creation though of the Commerce Station because that's that's been a huge resource for us. It's a really creative um, interlocal agreement between the three towns and in Mecklenburg County. Linda sits on that um, management committee as the mayor, um, but it's. It's a success. The design of the park was to return tax revenue to the citizens of the three towns, and it's doing that right now. Um, we're actually to a point now, phase one, in essence, is built out. Um, we've had great success there. We've had ABB, which is now Southwire. We've had Pactive, which is now Reynolds. They've expanded recently. We have two smaller buildings in the back, actually, where you were hitting baseballs. Uh-huh. Um, it was in the back. So um, really innovative concept. We've had a lot of different communities reach out to us and ask for a copy of the analytical. So um, that model of partnering with three towns in the county to do a um, publicly owned business park is was unique at the time. But it, at now, um, some of our competitors have caught up and they're following the same model. It's been very successful and um, we're very pleased with how it turned out. You know, I talked about collaboration a while ago between North American and mm-hmm. and what uh, they're doing. But talk about the collaboration with you and Charlotte Regional Business Alliance because, again, you work very closely with the North Carolina Department of Commerce and with the Charlotte Regional Business Alliance. Talk about that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, we our marketing budget is zero. Um, so we really lean on the alliance, the EDPNC, and then Select USA at the national um, level. So when we came, when I came on in 2013, you alluded to product. We said we have really good foot traffic in our communities, but we do not have the product. We don't have the sites in the building. So we took a step back and said, let's enhance products, our product development program, make our sites and buildings as good as they could be. And then once we see the interest from clients being brought in by the alliance, where we can put our best foot forward and we are able to win a lot of projects. So it's been a great model for us. It's unique because we're in Mecklenburg County. We have the support of the county's ED program as well. Um, so we, um, I think the model we have is successful and um, we're, uh, I would say, in contact with the county, state, or alliance at least three or four times a day. The Chamber of Commerce uh, is, is governed by a board of directors, and so my job is to carry out their wishes. It's just not it's not Bill's chamber. It's my board does that. Same thing with Ryan. You have a board of directors, but explain your role with the, the economic development. So um, you're right. We I work for our board of directors, and we try to um, – really say hyper-focused on a couple of things. One, product development, making sure our sites and buildings, and then a new um, interest for us in the probably the past five years has been workforce development. It's not unique to Lake Norman, but we're seeing um, an issue with our workforce aging out of um, our local companies, and the local companies are struggling to find the next generation of workers. So we're one of the few um, communities that have, especially for our size, a full-time workforce development manager on staff. And she does a lot of work with Mayor Bells and the education collaborative um, through the chamber. So that's really our two biggest focuses. For me, it's um, projects, projects, projects. That's um, my key role, making sure we're working with the Alliance, the EDP, all the different parties, our development community to make sure um, if there's an opportunity out there, we're going after it and be able to connect the dots. A lot of what we're doing is connecting the users with the buildings. And I know ex- how excited you guys have been over uh, partnering uh, on a, a vocational training program. Mm-hmm. Is it is that called the Pivot Program? Is that the That's Pivot? correct, yes. Okay. And that was a, um, a very unique opportunity for us. We were able to get 19 students from our local um, public and charter schools 
um, connected with local manufacturers over the summer. Um, they completed 160 hours of internship um, program where they actually learned from the manufacturers and we were able to put them in various um, locations. So it wasn't just engineering. We had folks in finance, HR, to really show the different opportunities within a manufacturing environment. We also, and thanks to the chamber, had um, financial literacy training and some other soft skills training um, hosted at the Lake Norman Chamber. So we had great success. We're in the process of um, putting together the final report on the um, uh, reactions from the companies as well as the students. Primarily, it's been, I mean, we've only had, I would say 95, 99% positive feedback from the companies. They're excited to start the program again. We're really excited. It looks like we're gonna be able to add trades um, to, for next summer. So we'll be able to add HVAC, plumbing, um, you name it, carpentry. Um, to really broaden that opportunity for our local students. The success stories from the students has been amazing. Um, you know, you really opened them up, opened up my eyes to a career path I never thought about. We've had students already brought on by our local companies and they're gonna stay on over the summer and fall. Mayor Bales, you have a wide range of, of things that you're interested in, but probably nothing is greater than your passion for students in vocational education, uh, that has been something that, you know, from the, I think you got involved through the PTA right, early on, I right? I did, yeah, that's right. Why is workforce development so important from your perspective? Well, workforce development is, is critical not only to the students and the families, but to our community, right, and to our state. And so I looked at it early on and said, We've got to make sure these kids have an opportunity to learn a skill, learn a trade um, right out of the gate. And even if they choose not to go down that path, um, you know, for the rest of their career, at least they've learned something that no one can take away from them. You know, I grew up in East Tennessee and my high school had a working farm and it had Auto, auto body and it had graphic design and it had architecture and it had cosmetology. I mean, there was just a wide swath of opportunities for kids. And I, and I looked at my own children and thought, they need something else. There's something missing. And, and the truth be told, North Carolina right now the average age of your person in trades is about 55, 56 years old. So the next time you need a plumber, the next time you need an electrician or somebody to come work on your well or what have you, um, you're going to be paying a lot and you're probably going to have to wait. And so I firmly believe that we need to be investing in these programs, making sure that um, the, the labs that are set up that are industry standards so that they're learning on machines that um, that that will translate into the, their their career choice. Andrew, you hear the passion um, from the mayor and our economic developer. Uh, in regards to vocational education and somebody who's investing in this community, that's that's got to speak volumes to you as well. Yeah, 100%. Any time you see a, uh, a government that's willing to invest in its own community, whether it be infrastructure or people or companies, that's a key characteristic we look for when we pick markets for us to invest in on the private side. Melinda, we're going to, uh, on the opposite side of this break, we're going to talk about a little bit about more about education because we got that bond coming up as well. Uh, for those of you who are listening to us, please stay with us on Town Talk. Uh, we're going to be right back after some words for our sponsors. I'm Bill Russell, host of Town Talk, and we'll be right back. You know, Andrew, we uh, we used to have career days uh, that we would have at a school. So we would bring in 20 or 30 businesses, and they would spend time with the students, and we thought we were really successful. Then we had COVID, and COVID shut all that down. I mean, a lot of it was home, you know, home learning, and so we couldn't do our, our traditional career days. And so we uh, we had a virtual program where we pulled in these businesses on the computer, and then they broke them into chat rooms and i'm not sure that we're not reaching more students virtually through these uh 
the virtual programs that the EDC and the Chamber is having yeah. than uh, when we did it career days. No, we are because we're hitting a, somewhere between 150 to 200 students now participating in the speed networking events that we're hosting um, when we do those virtual it's, it's great to see. Yeah. And all three high schools. And, and all three high schools. And it's easier for our business leaders as well. I mean, if you're coming up from Charlotte, the, even, even if it's just an hour, you know, that could be three hour, hours of your day. So the virtual format has worked pretty well. Yeah. Um, a couple of Chamber of Commerce events. We have two events tomorrow. One in Huntersville. We have a Coffee Connections hosted by Alan Tate. Uh, that's going to take place again on Thursday, October the 5th. 8.30 to 10 o'clock. It's going to take place uh, at 14225 Market Square Drive uh, in Huntersville. So a, a chance for businesses to network and, and just to get to know each other a little bit better and expand their business contacts. So we also have a business after hours tomorrow night. So two networking events in one day. That's going to be at Granger Village and that's going to be at Black Rock uh, Black Rock Road in Mooresville. So we got one on the, the south end and one on the north end. So we're, we've got it both going on in terms of networking events. Uh, and again, I remind everybody that we've got the Business Expo uh, is taking place October the 10th next Tuesday at the Huntersville Recreation Center. We have like three or four booths. That's that's what we've got. We've got three or four booths left. And I had somebody call me today, any more booths? Yeah, I got, I got, I got, I got a couple. But uh, if you want to be in the show, we still have an opportunity probably to get you in. I doubt after tomorrow we'll have any booths available. But it's a great chance for Lake Norman to be able to do a show and tell, so our business community can showcase what they do. It's a Andrew, it's a it's a real cross uh, spectrum of what we have up here. There'll be uh, banks, there'll be healthcare, there'll be. Uh, There'll be uh, commercial real estate, residential real estate, chiropractors, uh, just just everything you can imagine in terms of our small business community be represented there. So please come out to that. And then again, the candidate forums uh, in Huntersville, the 17th and the 19th, the uh, 12th in Cornelius. Those of you streaming, stay with us. We'll be uh, right back in about 10 seconds. Talk continues now. Here's your host, Lake Norman Chamber President Bill Russell on 1059 100.7 WSIC. Welcome back to Town Talk. I'm Bill Russell. I have Mayor Melinda Bale. She is the mayor of the town of Huntersville, Lake Norman Economic Developer, Executive Director Ryan McDaniels, and Andrew Webb, who is the founding partner of Redline Property Partners, and they have recently purchased Burkdale Point. And so, Andrew, it's good to have you up here in Lake Norman. Melinda, I want to turn to Huntersville. We have a huge bond initiative on the ballot. $58 million. It's going to be $50 million for transportation improvements, $8 million for Parks and Rec. Uh, talk a little bit about what uh, voters will be voting on in the town of Huntersville. Sure. So Huntersville right now has a, um, a CIP or a capital improvement plan of roughly $220 million worth of projects that um, currently are not funded. But what the town board did is they really looked at it and said, well, what... If we're going to go to the voter and ask, what can we actually get accomplished in the next five to ten years? Well, let me say five to seven years because um, – and we really didn't want to ask for a large amount. We wanted something that was manageable. And um, so they, the board settled on $50 million for infrastructure for our roads and then the $8 million for parks and rec. And this um, $50 million is going to allow us to continue to keep our projects moving forward. We've been working diligently for years now to stay on top of them and get them through design. So kind of shovel ready. Mm -hmm. You hear a lot of a lot of us talk shovel ready, get it shovel ready. And uh, so we're on the cusp now of uh, several projects that um, this $50 million will allow us to continue and get into completion with NCDOT. What's the tax implications of this particular uh, bond? So with with both bonds uh, combined, the $58 million, um, what they're looking at is if nothing changes, if for status quo, it would be a two... 2.8 cent in uh, impact to the tax rate. Um, but I always go back to the 2012 bonds when I talk about it a little bit because when we when we had those bonds out there, we said the tax implications could be up to five cents and we raised them three. 
So I, the market really, as we continued to grow, um, really absorbed a lot of that. So I will say this time around, it would be up to 2.8 cents, but I would venture to say with the market as hot as it is, it will help to um, to cushion that blow, if you will. Melinda, you're, you can't advocate on behalf of the bonds, but what if they were to fail? What, what, where do we go? What, what, what happens? Well, if the bonds fail, the road project stops because we've made commitments to NCDOT and we have agreements um, that we that we will pay a portion of those road projects. So those road projects would certainly stop. Ryan, you can advocate. <laughs> and certainly that's what the Chamber of Commerce does is we're, we're an advocate. Um, and to let everybody know, the Chamber Board of Directors did absolutely unanimously uh, vote to support the bond package for, for Huntersville, the $58 million. But as the economic developer, how important are these transportation improvements and parks and rec for quality of life to those primary jobs that you're trying to recruit here? Yeah, I mean, every, I mean, you can you could drive around and see the cones in, in all three towns. So obviously, um, traffic is a concern for you know businesses looking at the area. Um, we always joke we had a company in from Los Angeles one day, and they laughed when we said we have a traffic issue. But if you're coming from a much smaller community, you can absolutely see our traffic concerns. So one of the things I'm excited about is the integration of the road improvements, the street improvements, but also the parks and rec improvements. Because when we hear from companies consistently, it's, and Andrew alluded to this earlier, companies want walkability, they want alternative uh, um, options to get to work. Walking, riding your bike, having showers in a facility is huge. Um, so I think that's something where all three towns have partnered really well together. Um, if you take the McDowell Creek Greenway, you, uh, if there wasn't a sign, you wouldn't know when you cross from Huntersville into Cornelius. So I think the um, the improvements there with transportation allow us to move our um, citizens and guests around quickly. But also the, the three towns in, in Huntersville as well, um, in particular, we're trying to keep um, walkability in play. So we're not just saying, you know, give us 30 lanes of traffic. We still want people to be able to walk across the street if they need to. So um, it's been an interesting discussion point. DOT wants to move traffic, but our planning staff wants to have walkability and connectivity. That's so right. it's a nice balance between, you know, how do we make it work? Luckily, I think the three towns are constantly in communication and, you know, connecting stub outs and making sure neighborhoods are connected when possible. Um, it just makes it eases the traffic burden. We've got a great um, extension um, coming up on the North Cross Drive extension, which will connect into Westmoreland. So hopefully that'll relieve some of the traffic here on West, West Catawba. Um, so the road improvements are coming. Um, and that's a great example of a Huntersville project that's going into Cornelius that'll benefit all the residents in the Lake Norman area. Andrew, you're making an investment in our community, but we as the community has have to be making an investment in ourselves. Um, I want to talk to you about another issue, too. The uh, the chamber also came out in support of a $2.5 billion school bond from Charlotte-Mecklenburg Schools. We've got a number of schools that we will do. be built and replaced. Uh, North Mecklenburg High School, full replacement. Cornelius Elementary, full replacement. Huntersville Elementary, full replacement. And a new uh, 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 middle school. Um, as mayor and somebody who has been fighting for educational resources for over over a decade, uh, what I, you can't advocate on behalf of the town bonds, but I, I'm sure you can advocate on behalf of the CMS bond. Well, I, I what I can do is advocate um, personally, and absolutely, the these improvements that we're going to receive are long overdue. Um, if you look at the age of Cornelius Elementary, Huntersville Elementary, and North Mecklenburg High School, um, they have they have. They have educated a large group of kids, but their their time has now come. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing schools in North Mecklenburg, um, these schools particularly be, being replaced with 21st century schools. Yeah, I think I think North Mecklenburg dates back to FDR, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, well, 
a long, long, long time. Uh, I think it was built in the 50s. Oh, it was built in the 50s. Andrew, yeah, you are 50s. a Mecklenburg County resident, so That's certainly right. you will have an opportunity to vote on that. Um, what do you think about the Charlotte-Mecklenburg school bond package? You know, I think that anytime you have the opportunity to continue to invest in the population of that community, it's not a bad choice to say yes to it. I think that to continue to grow the school system as the population grows is just a necessity for quality of life for all the residents, I think. Ron, I want to get back to the EDC. What type of industries uh, does our Lake Norman economic development target? I mean, what, what kind of industries are you thinking should be coming to Lake Norman? We're, we try to be intentional with the companies we recruit. Uh, so we are not limited, but we are somewhat um, seeing a dec- we are seeing a dec- decrease in some of our A sites. Um, those are not the easy ones to develop. Those are gone. The, um, buildings are there. So we're really strategic in that we want advanced manufacturing. We want the office headquarters users. Um, we love international projects, and that activity has started to pick back up. Obviously, we had a huge impact with COVID, but now our friends at the Alliance, our friends at the state are back in Europe. They're in Japan. They're in Asia. Um, They're around the world now meeting with companies, and we're starting to see the international flow pick back up. Um, We are very aware, um, and actually, we just had a preliminary report sent over um, a couple of days ago of some of our new demographic information, and where we try to target companies that fit our area and we have a little word we call stickiness so we want companies that will uh, excel here and do well the last thing we want is to try to bring in a a company it's not a good fit they're here for a couple years and then they vacate Um, so we really are intentional and we try to target companies that have that um, maybe an engineering background, maybe an R&D back, background that really meshes well with the workforce. We want our local um, residents to be able to not just live here, but work here and not have to get on 77 every day to go into Charlotte. Ryan, we've had a lot of success here. Are there some limitations you think that we have that we just have to overcome? I think um, you know available land has been an issue. We had um, a sewer capacity issue on the east side of all three towns. That has um, is slowly resolving now. Um, but other than that, I think the, um, you know, if you have uh, a checklist, we check a lot of boxes. Um, and then one of the most important things we spoke about earlier is access to the airport. Um, it's such a driver to have those direct flights to Europe, um, have direct flights to, you know, basically the Midwest, Mi- Minneapolis, for example, or Dallas, you can make those day trips. Um, so it'll continue to allow us to compete with Nashville, with Atlanta, some of the comp- uh, cities we're constantly in, in competition with. And Charlotte's holding a, its own right now, and I think the airport's a big driver behind them. Melinda, we've got less than two minutes. I know you're not done, uh, yet you might be wrapping uh, a, a bow around being mayor, but you still have other opportunities. Uh, what's next for Melinda Bales? So what's next would be I'm going to file to run for House Seat 98. Um, with, with Representative Bradford making that decision to run for state treasurer, I'm going to to throw my hat into that ring. Um, I believe that the 12 years of experience that I have here at the local level, understanding the issues that we're facing as a region, um, really does uniquely set me apart and um, prepare, has prepared me for that transition. You know, the truth is, is that it's, if someone asked me, well, what do you want to do there? And I'm like, well, the same stuff I've been doing, you know, economic development, workforce development, education, infrastructure. These are things that make quality communities. Well, I'm excited that we, we've had you as our mayor and, and on the town board for as long as we've had you. And I wish you the best of luck. And Ryan, thank you for what you've done uh, with our ADC, taking it to a new new high. And I want to thank you, Andrew, for investing in Huntersville and the Lake Norman region. Uh, I think that says volumes, but th- thank all three of you for being you. here today. Thank you. Uh, I also want to remind everybody, if it's Wednesday afternoon, we're talking about our towns on Town Talk at WSIC. We'll see you next week. The new 105.9, 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, W290DK, Mooresville, Lake Norman, North Charlotte.